Welcome to Taking Over the Photo Pit, a music photography podcast helped by me, Boston Schultz, where I interview badass music photographers. I cannot tell you how excited I am for this week's episode. I finally got to sit down with Jen Devereaux, who is someone that I actually personally look up to and admire in the music industry. She is incredibly talented and incredibly kind, but seriously, she has done some of the coolest shit. She has photographed iHeartRadio's like music festival. She spoke on a panel for Nikon at CES. It's just like some of the things that she has done are ultimate goals and I'm just so impressed with her and her work. So I am so honored that she sat down with me and spoke to me about her career and how she got started and built up her career to where she is today. It's just so exciting to me. I'm so happy and this is such a great episode. So I'm just going to kick it right on over to the interview, but please listen through the whole thing. It's so good. Trust me. Hey Jen, what's up? I'm so excited to finally have you here talking to me because you are one of the first people that I wanted to interview. So I'm so excited. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited to be here. So can you give us a quick intro of like who you are, how you got started in photography, music photography, and like kind of what kind of photography you do and just the whole background of you? Yeah. um, So I'm Jen Devereaux. I live in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Um, Even though I live in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, I mainly shoot like in New Orleans because that's about an hour and a half two hours for me, depending on how fast I drive. Um, and that's where like a lot of the big shows are. Um, I'm the house photographer at the Fillmore in New Orleans. Um, I got started in music photography. Um, I, I mean, I've always been into music, like since a young age, I would sneak MTV cause I wasn't allowed to watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved like, you know, looking through magazines and pictures and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, I actually started going to concerts at a late age. I mean, I don't count New Kids on the Block, I guess, when I was like <laughs> nine years old. But like when I wanted to go to concerts, I was, I think my first one was like Horde Festival. And I was like, it was like 1998, I believe. Um, and I was in high school. But w- I also started going to more, I guess, more festivals and concerts when I got to be in my 20s. But um, I would sneak my digital camera in um because those were getting popular at the time and i remember at festivals for some reason they would allow like disposable cameras in but not like digital point and shoot cameras because i think they still consider those kind of pro at the time um but what i would do is i would take like a disposable camera box i'd get a brand new one and then i take out the disposable camera and i put my little sony point and shoot in there and super glue it shut and then i'd get through through the the security at the festival and I would just push my way to the front. And, you know, I just really cared about like getting good shots. Like I love taking pictures of, you know, performers and stuff. Um, And I just remember one time I went to Voodoo Fest in New Orleans and I was really excited to see Smashing Pumpkins because they're like one of my favorite bands. And I pushed my way to the front, you know, and it's an ordeal to push your way to the front at concerts. Like, now that I shoot shows, I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore, but, um, it was, it was always an ordeal and you would stand there like for hours. So anyways, I remember seeing like right before the band went on, um, this like slew of photographers, like in the photo pit, which was in front of me. And I was like, and they've got these cameras and they're, they're taking pictures of the band at like cooler angles because you're not smashed up against someone. And I was like, you know what? I was like, I want to do that. That's what I want to do. And so I um, got a second job and I got my first Nikon camera, which was a digital SLR with a Nikon D40X. And um, my first credential show was uh, I'd reached out to this local newspaper called The Burger because I, I live in Hattiesburg and they had this cute little newspaper called the burger it was like an entertainment newspaper and um I had no idea who the editor was but I reached out to her like we didn't know each other and I was like look I was like if you give me like an assignment to cover this festival um which had bullet from my valentine avenge sevenfold and it was on the coast uh biloxi um 
I've, you know, I'll give you the pictures and you can use them for whatever you need. And she was like, okay. And so I got my first assignment, my credential assignment at this festival. And then from there, I just kind of like reached out to like local radio stations and things like that to get like other assignments for different, you know, jobs. Um, what was really just one local radio station. I still actually shoot for them. Um, and the very next year I was in the photo pit of Voodoo Fest shooting, you know, in the pit, like I wanted to do. So, I mean, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. <laughs> That's so cool. You mentioned like pushing your way to the front and everything. Are most of the venues by you just all like they all have photo pits because not all of them in LA where I'm at have photo pits and you still have to push your way to the front. Oh, I, I don't like the ones that don't have pits. I mean, I mean, I would yeah. say here in Hattiesburg, they had this one venue called like called the Bottling Company and believe it or not, they got like Papa Roach and Chevelle. Um, and we live in a small, small town. So it was really cool. But sometimes I didn't have a photo pit, but they had this like staircase you could stand on like okay. next to the stage and like shoot from that. I would say the venues in New Orleans area, most of them have a pit. But if you go to like the smaller ones, um, the pits get smaller and smaller and you and it's almost like so like the House of Blues in New Orleans. The pit is so close to the stage that it's almost uncomfortable. Like you feel mm. like you're on top of the band members and it just, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. And it makes it so hard to like pass by people. You have to like stake out your spot and then you're just like, okay, I'm here, I guess. Because I've been in pits yeah. that are like too small that it's like, you literally can't pass someone. You're like making eye contact with other photographers. Like, can I, can I swap spots? Like, are we able to like, move? Yeah. I mean, like, oh my gosh. <laughs> It's so hard. I'm so glad that um, at the Fillmore, where I'm the house photographer, they they have a really good like pit for photography. I'm so lucky in that sense because yes, I, I I've been there. Like I know when pits are like super tiny, and then on top of that, it seems like whenever they have small pits, they have an enormous amount of photographers, and you're just totally. stuck. <laughs> you just don't, uh, there's nowhere to go. You just hope that you get a good shot from your angle. Yeah, exactly. So talking about the Fillmore, I want to hear about like how you got this job, how long you've been doing it, like what the experience is like, because I know for a lot of people being like a house photographer is like kind of like a huge success point for them and like an ultimate goal. So it's so cool that you're a house photographer for a really well-known venue. So can you talk about that experience, how you got there and all of that? Yeah, absolutely. So it really is. It was like, I mean, that would be, I guess, a bucket list item for me to be like a house photographer. Um, how it happened is that, you know, I, like I said, I shoot in New Orleans a lot. I got familiar with a lot of the you know, the people that were handling the press and like, you know, the people that would escort you to the pit and things like that. And I was just, I just, you know, built good relationships with them. Mm -hmm. And so when there was word that they were going to be building a new venue, which was the Fillmore, um, I heard that one of the handlers that had handled me at like the Smoothie King Center, her name was Alex, and she was going to be taking over um, the media at the Fillmore. So I reached out to her and she was like, you know, actually she was like, I was gonna, you know, you were on my list for photographers. Um, so I just, I think building good relationships and, you know, making sure that like you are kind to everyone that's, you know, part of your job, whether you think that they are not important or not, it's, it is important because they're doing a job, we're doing a job. So I think it's important to build those relationships. Um, and she was really cool and, and I love her as a boss. And um, so yeah, that's how I got that gig. And it was, I mean, it's definitely a dream come true. I mean, we're right now, obviously with COVID, you know, most venues are shut down. So um, mm -hmm. I haven't really shot there since March, but, um, but yeah, I'm hoping we can get back to it. Yeah, yeah, it's, we're in such a weird time right now and it comes right? up in every podcast so like I guess I'll ask you now because I would love to know like first of all how are you doing during the COVID situation because I know that like not having that job at like the house photographer that's a hard thing to go through and then also like all concerts for us 
you know, are done anyway, or like not happening. So like, are you doing any drive-throughs? Are you like drive-through concerts? Are you doing portraits? Like, how are you kind of like getting through COVID? And like, do you have any tips for other people kind of like going through the same thing? I mean, so it's kind of like, I'm just taking what I can. So I've had um, an engagement session. I think I've had a couple, a couple of uh, like, wedding slash elopements like people are just like I don't want to wait anymore I just want to do this quick with just very few people um you know and so I've taken on a couple of those um and I did do um um a driving concert which was really cool um the way they have it set up I just really think it's awesome that the way that they're trying to manage um live music in these times. It's very, they're getting very creative. Um, I can, I can't, I can't say that I'm doing like well financially <laughs> because I, mm-hmm. I literally am doing like food delivery on the side as well, just whatever I can to like make up extra income. I know a lot of people are trying, you know, getting other jobs and things like that, you know, yeah. until concerts go get back to where they were. But I mean, I just say take what you can r- while you can. Yeah, for sure. I know that like when COVID kind of first hit, like everyone in the first few months was like, oh, like I'll just take a few gigs here and there and like treat it as a vacation. And now we're like, what, six months in? And it's like, okay, you know, this is really hard for a lot of people. And like taking what you can get, you know, makes sense for people that are working in like freelance industries. Like we have to do something because I don't know. COVID situation is just so strange and so hard for a lot of people but I think that it's really cool that you've been doing weddings and like elopements on top of it like I can definitely see people getting frustrated if they were trying to plan a wedding because there's no like end point of COVID right now so it's like might as well get married so I think that that's really cool that you kind of like focus your talents on like those opportunities and stuff I personally hate shooting weddings but <laughs> I oh, well, think that I that's a that great I was getting away from them I thought that, really? that that like since I got the house photographer gig like I had pretty much like wasn't taking on a lot of weddings hardly at all so I was like oh this is this is what I wanted to do I didn't want to have to do weddings um but now that COVID is here like it's like you know it's like I, I don't have any other choice um I mean at the first of the the whole COVID I was like, you know, wow, I'm getting sleep because I would, you know, with with shooting in New Orleans, sometimes it'd be several times a week. I would be at my day job, which was at a clinic as a receptionist, and I'd get off at five o'clock, where I'd I'd book it to New Orleans, and then I'd be up till like sometimes eleven, twelve, maybe later, depending on the show, and then I would drive back, and then I would also sometimes edit that night, depending on when they wanted the pictures. So I I wasn't getting a lot of sleep. So I was like, at the beginning of this, I was like. I'm catching up on sleep is this is kind of like good in the sense that like you know how when you when you're like oh I wish I shot that show you have that FOMO like Mm -hmm. like when you see other people's pictures and you're like oh I wish I'd shot that and so that kind of kept me like doing the shows and shooting the shows like I don't want to miss out I don't want to miss the show um but when COVID started like there was nothing you weren't going to miss out on anything so you wouldn't like you know be like oh I guess I'll go shoot this show I don't want to miss it in case anything good happens like there was nothing so I definitely caught up on sleep, but I'm over it now. <laughs> I was like, I want to get back to when I didn't sleep. Yeah. I I think that's really interesting that you mentioned that because the like fear missing out on like other concerts and stuff is something that strikes me a lot and keeps me like motivated and going to a lot of shows. And I'm like, I guess I'll pick up this other show and like go and shoot it for a publication or something, even if I don't necessarily want to, because I'm like oh, other people like this band. It might be really cool. I might get good shots from it. I might get this, that, and the other. And it's just like this fear of missing out on something bigger and cooler than like, oh God, I guess I gotta do that. And you're right. Like there's kind of nothing to compare it to right now. Right. Like, there's so nothing I was like, going I was getting on. good sleep. I wasn't like sleep, <laughs> like up at night, be like, oh, I could be at that show right now. <laughs> Although I saw pictures of the Flaming Lips concert that they did. I think it was for like Stephen Colbert or something. It was in the bubbles, right? Everyone was in the bubbles. Everyone. So like the crowd, the whole band was in the bubbles. 
And um, I, like, I was like, this wasn't even remotely in my city. And, like, it was for a TV show. Or, like, Stephen Colbert. So, like, there, there clearly weren't photographers there. I soon figured out. So... I have like FOMO over that concert because I was like, oh, I could have shot that. But I don't think anyone was at that concert, but it looked so cool. It's such a creative idea. And I think the flaming lips, it's just there on brand for them. That's just them. And I think that they pulled it off well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm like, man, we should have more creative things like that going on when there's other concerts going on so we can actually go to them. I love, I'm a huge stage show person and love anything interesting. I'm so super curious about hearing from you, like when it comes to your music photography career, like what is your biggest like accomplishment that you think that you've achieved? And like, what is like success to you? Like, what are you hoping to do next? Uh, what do you want to do like when concerts come back and like what are you like proud of yourself for doing I love hearing from other photographers just to kind of like I guess brag about themselves because (laughs) I think there's so much time that we spent just like comparing ourselves to others so like I want to hear from you like what are you super happy that you've done in your career and like what are you hoping to do still um I guess uh, so I have two specific points in my career that I'm most proud about. One of them was being on the Nikon panel in Vegas for um, CES. And well, one, well, for two reasons. I mean, it's Nikon. I shoot Nikon and that's such a big deal. But also too, um, I don't think I've ever spoken to that many people because, you know, it was not only in front of everybody that was in that area for CES, but also they're streaming it mm-hmm. live. So it was a huge deal. I've never done anything like that before. And it was such an honor to be on the stage with such, you know, amazing photographers and, you know, just, um, just being able to talk about like it from a female perspective, because I was mm-hmm. also the only female up on that stage. So it was really cool for that. And then also, um, on my bucket list was to be able to shoot iHeart Radio Festival for iHeart. Um, I had in the past, um, like, what year was it? Like last year, I shot it. So it was two years prior. Um, I had started um, doing live photo editing for them, which is basically just editing in real time while their photographers are shooting. Um, I'm editing their pictures and they're uploading to socials and such like that. Um, so I did that for a couple of years and I was like, you know, I really want to shoot it. And so I reached out to the um, editor about it um, when I was emailing seeing if they needed me for 30 or for, you know, editing. Um, and I was like, look, I just want to put it out there. I was like, if you need a, fo- a photographer, I would love to be considered. I mean, they obviously have a great team of photographers and she's like well we love to you know let everybody shoot but we're just kind of like figuring out like roles right now so they wanted to have me back for editing and then I got a phone call not too long before I was about to fly out and they're like are you still interested in photographing the show and I was like um yes and (laughs) um so I got to shoot it and it was such a cool experience because I think what the coolest thing about iHeart Radio Festival is one, I mean, there's several reasons they've got so many amazing artists, but also too, it's, it's made for live streaming and on TV. So the lighting is so good. And so you just can't like miss a, you you don't miss any shots because it's just so good. The lighting is so good and set up and the team at iHeart are just so much fun and like they're fun to work with. And um, I just enjoy going out there. Even if I'm not shooting, I just love going out there and hanging out with them. They're really cool. That's awesome. I definitely want to talk about both of those points because I think those are super cool opportunities, super like huge accomplishments. And speaking about the iHeartRadio Festival specifically, I think that you have like one picture of Miley Cyrus that I believe she shared, didn't she? Yeah. Yeah, and she did. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, she shared it. And what's funny about it is um, I, when it's going on, like I have like, so I'm, I have a card runner and they're running my memory cards to the editor. And mm-hmm. so um, 
the person that's editing, like we're kind of like, um, we kind of text each other because she'll be like, Oh, don't shoot so many, you know, try to slow down on shots or whatever. Cause you know, she's having to edit. So, mm-hmm. um, she's like, slow it down shots. Don't take so many or, you know, Hey, uh, try to get this shot or something. Um, she had, I think she had texted me. She'll text me when like, um, when it goes on socials and stuff. And I think she had texted me when Miley had shared it. And I was like, I was like probably in the pit if I had to remember because, um, and I was just like, Oh my gosh, Molly, sorry, share my shot. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's such a stunning and amazing shot. So congrats to you because that when I saw that photo that I think that you shared it, that she shared it. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, this is first of all, such a beautiful photo. And then I've talked on this podcast that like, I think all of, um, the photographers I know, we get so like obsessed and like love the fact that like um musicians like our shots i think that's like one of the biggest like feelings i guess oh yeah you share like you can be really proud of a shot but if the person that you took that shot of is sharing it and like being like this is such a beautiful photo of me it's like a whole nother feeling so that's incredible yeah exactly and thank you like it was you know it was like you know she's she's incredible to photograph anyways because she does so much and when she just kind of like leaned back like that I was like okay I gotta get the shot and the thing is like there um you have to be careful with iHeart because when you're shooting for iHeart is there are video people in the pit with you and they're live streaming you cannot get in their way and they don't even really want you like a like the the um the, what is it called? The tr- I, keep, I always get it wrong. Is it the trust? What is it? No, the the thing that jets out from the stage. The I always say it wrong. Anyways, that part of the stage is, you know, you can be on one side and the video video person can be on the other side and you can be in their shot behind the artist oh. by accident. So you have to be very careful where you're shooting. It's not just like. Um, oh, let me go over here and get the shot of her, you know, bending backwards. You've got to be very careful where you're shooting. Um, so I just got really lucky in that in that moment because she just happened to be right there in front of me. That's so cool. Speaking of that festival, you mentioned that you were doing like editing for them for, I guess, like a year or two before you actually shot the festival. So like, how did you like form that relationship and get that editing role? Because it sounds like you kind of like started with them in editing and then your relationship moved you to like doing the actual photography. So like, how did you get involved in the editing part of it? Was it just like making friends and like reaching out to certain people or like, what would you recommend for people that are hoping to do the same thing at other festivals? This was, for iHeart in particular, it was actually, I got the job by somewhat of a mistake because the editor, um, so I shot for um, a um, blog that's based in Las Vegas called Music Tour Reviews. Um, So a lot of my photos were, I guess, in that blog. And I think that the editor has somehow found them through that. She was looking for an editor that was based in Las Vegas that could just bring on since the festival's in Las Vegas. Uh Um, She reached out to me and she was like, we love your work and we love your editing sound. We think you'd be good fit for editing our pictures. You know, would you want to do it? I was like, "Uh, yeah. Um, And at first I thought this is, this isn't real. This, this can't be real. This must be a spam call. And so, and then I like, I think I might have like checked her Facebook to see if she was a real person. I don't remember what I did, but, but yeah, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And then when it came down to talking about, you know, I was like, okay, so um, about travel. And she was like, wait, you don't live in Las Vegas? And I was like, no, I live in Mississippi. And she's like, oh, she was like, um, well, that's fine. We'll just fly you out here. So, um, and then she flew me out the second year and it was just like, really it was by mistake. But if I were to give my advice on, um, you know, trying to get positions like that or jobs like that, um, I have done this before where I wanted to work for a festival. Um, I just kept emailing the guy in charge of um, marketing for the festival and just like, here's my portfolio. Um, You know, I would be available. I can shoot whatever you need. Um, 
And I really wanted to shoot music for that festival, like just be like a music photographer. But I ended up getting on as the marketing slash sponsorship photography, I guess. Mm. Um, So I shot a lot of like um, activations, like, you know, sponsorship activations and brands, which I don't generally love. But I mean, you're in the festival and I was able to shoot music on top of that. So it was Mm. really cool. Um, So I just recommend like if you want to do something like that, just send emails um, send your resume, send your portfolio. And I like to, when I'm feeling like down and like, I feel like I'm not getting jobs that I want, you know, just send out resumes to different people. Sometimes they respond. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they say, you know, we don't need anybody right now, but we'll keep you in mind. And it's just, I think it's important just to get your name out there with other people and kind of build like a communication with them. For sure. Cool. Okay. So now I want to back up and talk about the Nikon CES opportunity and that you got to speak in front of all these people because I thought that that was so cool and also I love seeing that there was a woman on stage especially a woman uh for music photography because I feel like personal opinion here women get often overlooked in music photography I think that there's a lot of us out there but like I don't necessarily see them at like an upper level so for me to see you like talking about Nikon cameras and music photography on such a like big platform was really cool for me as a woman in the industry so I want to hear about like your opportunity like how you got there and like what what did it feel like speaking on stage and like what were you brought on to talk about? Yeah, so um, I have to give a shout out to my friend Todd O Young. I just want to say that like he he's actually he helped me get on the Nikon panel and he vouched for me for iHeart um, to um, shoot that festival. So I he's helped me a lot in my career, even from the beginning, like. Um, when I was just starting out, like teaching myself about, you know, music photography, I would often go to his website, ishootshows.com. And what was great about his website is that, you know, he would show his camera settings and what gear he was using. And these are questions that like, if you were gonna go ask other photographers, you know, being a competitive industry, sometimes you don't get the best responses. So mm-hmm. I like that his website had that all like laid out. Um, so it was really cool because I one time, like a long many years ago, I emailed him and asked him some questions and he was really cool and got back to me and emailed me. So I was like, that's a really cool guy. Like, you know, he didn't have to respond. He's a busy, you know, famous mm-hmm. photographer. Um, and so I remembered that. So when I ended up at iHeart editing, I ended up editing his photos. So I got to meet him in person and I got to tell him, you know, I was like, I've been following your website since I was starting out. And he was just so kind and so nice. And like, he kind of has just kind of taken me under his wing. And he's just a great person in general. Um, he he teaches photographers. He's the biggest photographer ally there is. So I, I definitely recommend like checking out his work and his website because he's got a lot of great like, um, recommendations and just advice in general. Um, so with with the Nikon panel, um, he is friends with Mike Corrado, who is also the the host of that um, panel. Um, and I guess they were looking for a female, or you know, in the in the music photography industry, which I think that's great about Nikon is that they are including di- like they're being diverse with you know their Nikon ambassadors and things like that. So I think it was, it was really cool that they would, you know, want to make sure that women were represented on that panel. So Todd um, recommended me and that's how I got on the panel. And I think what was really cool about it was that we also, it was Todd and me. And then also um, there was also Robert M. Knight, who's a very Mm -hmm. famous Mm -hmm. concert photographer. I mean, he's done, I mean, he photographed Led Zeppelin back in the day, Jimi Hendrix. So it was just kind of like, it was really just, I was just kind of like, why am I here? Because I have Todd (laughs) over here. Um, And he is like, you know, I looked up to him when I was starting out. And then I have Robert M. Knight over here on, you know, talking about photographing, you know, legendary bands and such. And I'm like, I just don't. I feel like I'm a fraud. <laughs> like what? I'm in the middle here. Who am I? Um, but it was just really cool. It was the, it was a really cool experience even to hear like, um, you know, just the stories that like, you know, Robert had, you know, 
put out, you know, he was talking about like the different things that he had experienced with photography and it's just so like inspiring. Um, I was just glad to be there. We talked a lot about um, just music photography in general, like mm-hmm. do's and don'ts, like how did, how do you get in the, you know, into the industry, um, you know, talking about like, well, I mean, start out small, you start out with like local bands and then move your way up and, you know, contacting publicists and things like that. So it was a really good, um, I really enjoyed that panel. And um, if I were not on that panel, I would definitely want to, you know, would have watched it because it's music photography. And I love that Nikon is not just um, including, you know, diverse photographers, but they're also including different, I guess, different types of photography. Like, I feel like music photography sometimes doesn't get the recognition that it should, whereas like wedding photographers, portrait photographers, landscape photographers, those are, you know, you see those everywhere, but I'm so glad that they featured music photography on the Nikon panel. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that that was, if I remember correctly, that's one of the first like panels or talks that I saw that was like specifically about music photography because normally I'll scan things that are like CES or something that I can stream and it's like oh yeah they're talking about landscapes and I don't shoot landscapes and they're talking about weddings and I don't shoot weddings so like I never paid attention to it and then when I saw that like you and Robert and Todd were all talking I was like okay these are all photographers that I either like know of or have like seen their work personally so it was like okay I gotta watch this and I remember (laughs) like I think that it was like during the day um or like the morning in LA when you guys were speaking and I'm at my like day job office like with a little like (laughs) up in my like screen I had it that I was like watching and listening to it but like I love hearing other music photographers speak and talk about the industry and open up about like how to get started how to like you know have other people in this industry because um it is very competitive and it's also really hard to find information. And I think that you kind of mentioned it, that Todd is such a great ally. I've like followed his work more closely over the past like year. And I know that I think it was a few months ago or like a year ago, he started doing these blogs of uh, female f- music photographers that you should know and that you should hire. And he was like one of the first people to stand out and say like, look, there's a whole bunch of women in this industry that are kicking ass. Like, let's let's highlight these women and like get them in these like touring gigs and bigger gigs and stuff. Um, and it was after like some, uh, I think it was like some sort of backlash in the industry about like not having a lot of women. And it was so nice to see him stand up and say like, look, there's a lot of women here and just be so supportive of people in the industry. And I love seeing like the less competitive nature, I guess, go on. So that's so cool that he supported you and like helped you. But I mean, like your work stands for itself and speaks for itself. So I definitely understand why you were on that panel. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, When it comes to your photography style, so like speaking of your work and like having it stand for itself, you have such a... I don't even know how to explain it, but like whenever I see your photos, I can almost, if I see them out of context, I know that it's one of your photos because you have these like beautifully isolated subjects that are so sharp and so crisp. And then you have like the background almost like completely blurred or like isolated out. Like it just like really makes your subject pop. So I wanted to know about like, how did you come to that editing style? Like, how do you edit your photos? How did you learn? Um, Because I know that a lot of people that are starting out really struggle with finding a style when it comes to editing. And I love your style. I think it's really unique. Um, So I just wanted to hear about how you kind of came to that. Well, thank you so much for saying that. I think that is something that like we all try to achieve is something that could make us stand out or make, you know, our images, you know, you associate, oh, well, that's, that's, that's Gen D with that picture. Like that's something that we always want to achieve. So that's, that's really nice to hear. 
Um, I think that the way that I got my style, <laughs> it started from when I was first starting out and it's so, it's so cringy to think about, but, um, you know, when you're, you're first starting music photography, the coolest thing is that you're right next to the band, right? Like you're uh -huh. just like that close and you want people to know how close you are, right? Yep. So like I remember I used to just zoom in as close as possible to people and just so I could be like, that's how close I was. And um, I think that's where it kind of started, where it also like kind of isolated the, the person. I'm not really great at wide shots. Like um, I really do enjoy photographing people like if I'm not shooting concerts I'm still photographing people I'm not shooting landscapes usually or anything mm -hmm. like that it's just people kind of um interest me so um and I think that with um that you know I also really want to be a great portrait photographer even though I'm not so I try to make my music pictures as if it were a portrait as if it was like set up studio style of them playing like this so mm -hmm. I kind of, I guess, and maybe, in, I don't know if I purposely do it or if it's just kind of like, that's just second nature now, but the way that I get the depth of field and the blurriness and so that the the person in front of me is more isolated, I definitely use a lot of like, um, like I use my 7200, which has like, when you do it at F2.8, like there's a good amount of drop off in the background. Mm -hmm. um, or if I use my 50 millimeters, I'm keeping it at 1.8 for the same reason. Um, I just like that style. Um, it's probably not necessarily the best for like, you know, like really fast moving images, but um, I like, I like that. I don't know why, but I just I always like the, the depth of field. And then also too, I always try to make the colors as vibrant as I can. And then also I want skin tones to be as natural as possible and you know with like reds and blues a lot of times the the skin tones get lost in it and you just really can't like see what you know that they look like a normal human you know um i do like to keep it as close to the actual like show lights as possible but sometimes you just kind of have to edit it i like to edit colors um like if it's a blue i like to you know go through my sliders and say well what would it look like is purple or green <laughs> um but I just like colors. I, I'm not good at black and white editing in black and white. Um, but the thing that I, my trick that I like to do with skin color is I'll, I'll look at, like I'll find like a, a neutral part of the picture and I'll use the eyedropper tool like in curves mm -hmm. and I'll put it like on the medium, whatever the meat. See, I'm not good at this. I'm not good at editing or anything. I don't know the terms. I just know it's the eyedropper tool in curves and it's the, the one in the middle. Um, and I'll click on like a grayish, like neutral area and it'll automatically kind of like adjust the image the way it thinks it should be. And usually I can kind of tweak it a little bit if it's not what I, what I want it to look like. But mm -hmm. a lot of times that's all I need to do. And that way, at least I've got skin tones correctly because I, I really don't like when skin tones are like too yellow or too warm. Mm -hmm. Like I really like it just to pop with like, like a bluish reddish tint. Um, yeah, so I just use that dropper tool and I also, I like to sharpen and before I put something on Instagram or social media, I like to sharpen it in my phone with like apps and stuff for that. Nice. Are you doing all of your editing in Lightroom then? Um, yes. Well, for my computer, yes. I mean, if, and sometimes I'll pull it into Photoshop if I need to, um, just to do some like you know, detail editing, but that takes forever. That's only if I just really want it to look like really awesome and I've just got some extra time. But if I'm, you know, shooting for the film or whatever, I'll do like Lightroom because it's so much easier to edit with Lightroom. Yeah, but um, I'm just getting a kick out of the, the eyedropper tool. That <laughs> it's so like, I honestly learned about it, I want to say like a year or maybe two years ago. And it saved like my whole editing style. It completely- It is a game changer. Yeah, such a game changer. And I was like, I am so stupid. How did I not know about this before? And you're correct, you, like I just take it and normally there's like, like a white drum head or something that's like white that I can drop it on. And exactly. it completely changes the whole color of like, 
the the photo it makes everything look more like true to tone and it's so easy and I just copy and paste it across the board I do not use auto white balance I'm like my white balance is always set so I can just copy and paste my editing across the board and it's so much easier using that tool so I'm I'm just like cracking up that someone else is like yes this is a great tool because I'm like Yep, I wish that I knew that when I first started because that would have saved me probably hours in editing, um, hours. So I'm gonna give one of my biggest tips, um, and I don't think I've told anybody but my family this. Um, if you, you and it's, now it's a phone app, I don't know if it's gonna do well with like high quality images that you would wanna print. But if you're going to put something on social media and you were like, I really want it to be a little bit more crisper, sharper, I want it to have that little punch, there's this app called Remini. And Remedy is like an app they have so that you can like restore old pictures, like old black and white pictures okay. and things like that. So it, so like if an image is like fuzzy because of film or whatever, it'll like, it'll like make it pop like so sharp. And so I was like, I'm going to try it on my concert pictures. And sure enough, it works. Now I will say you have to be very careful with that app because sometimes like if it's really blurry, it'll like impose a face or what it should look like. They think a face oh should look gosh. like in it. And, and sometimes I, I had these shots of like, so I didn't get approved to shoot Beyonce and Jay-Z, but they let me have like a media pass to watch it. So I had my my phone, I think it was, and I was taking pictures like, it, and I was far away. There was nothing uh -huh. good that came out of that. But I was like, well, let me see if Remini can fix that. So I got on the app and it looked, Beyonce looked weird. It was just like real weird. I was like, that doesn't even look like, and then Jay-Z was worse. I was like, okay, we can't use it for that. So you gotta be careful. Like if it's, if it's an okay shot already and you just want to mm -hmm. have a little punch, a little sharpness, the Remini app is awesome. Um, I love that. I'm going to go download yes, I'll tell it. You, <laughs> yes. Try it out. And I actually like, I don't usually spend a lot of money on apps or anything, but I've got it towards like a subscription so I can have so many. Cause I think I think you can only have like five or so mm. um, edits per maybe day, I think. I don't know. So I just went ahead and I was like, well, I'm going to use this pretty often. So I, I get it in the subscription. So it's worth it. I don't think I, I, I told it. anybody about that. That's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> the app downloads are going to skyrocket. And then the, <laughs> they'll reach out to you and be like, you should be our influencer for this yes. app. <laughs> and I'm going to give them some feedback on on Jay-Z and Beyonce's face. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. I want to talk a little bit about um, the industry in your area because I've only shot in Los Angeles and in New York and like a little bit in the Midwest, but never anywhere new New Orleans. And it sounds like where you're at there's like the small town and some like smaller venues and then you're driving often to like New Orleans for like bigger shoots and I'm guessing that's where the Fillmore is so it's like can you tell me about like the industry there like is there a big community of photographers do you normally know people that are in the pit with you like what is it like shooting there I I will say that I really enjoy the New Orleans scene with photographers. Um, I have had such a good experience with most photographers in that area. And That's they're great. all so nice and, and welcoming. Um, I I think that it's a, it's a, and I feel like I've been to so many different other cities and stuff and I don't necessarily get that kind of like um, camaraderie, I guess, with other places, but New Orleans like you you see people and you you're like oh hey you know like I see my friend Erica all the time and we say hey and we talk and it's just really cool I really do like the New Orleans scene for photography it's very welcoming um and there's a lot of us but you know it's I don't think it's overly competitive by any means I mean we're all helping each other out in this scene um I do enjoy the New Orleans scene for photographers that's great I love hearing that there's like a good vibe between photographers <laughs> because I yeah. know that there's like a lot of industry or like I guess uh locations like in the industry that people are like oh I always feel like there's a competitive nature and that's yeah. I think that's starting to change I feel like a lot of the music industry is getting a little bit more 
like fun, I guess, like a community. But I love that you guys are you guys you guys are better off than we are in LA. Maybe that's, that's <laughs> well, I, mean, I can't say that I haven't I haven't had my experiences. Like I definitely have had like you know some experiences with like guys trying to mansplain camera equipment to me and you know yeah it's I mean I think that's gonna be everywhere you go Mm -hmm. I mean there's probably gonna be one or two you know people that are just like I don't know old school I guess and not as welcoming but overall I think New Orleans is a good scene for photographers I love the idea of someone trying to explain camera settings to you and it's like excuse me have you ever spoken at ces have you? <laughs> a lot of times i'm just like i just laugh and just let them talk and i'm like oh okay yeah <laughs> but i mean yeah it's, it's it is annoying like i don't know i've had some experiences with photographers and you know people like fans that like for instance there was this one guy that was like, oh, so which band member are you with? Or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. are you kidding? I don't have like like thousands of dollars hanging around my neck to, to just be hanging with the band. That's not how this works, but whatever. Yeah, that's, that's a common one that I hear that everyone's like, oh, which band member are you sleeping with or whatever? And it's like, nope. Yeah. We're all we're all working here. We we all have jobs. Exactly. <laughs> um that's kind of one of the things that I talk about a lot on this podcast is just to kind of talk about like prejudices and like sexism in the industry. Um do you have any like tips for people if they're like facing something like that or hearing, you know, people explain, you know, camera gear to them and you know making all these like rude remarks do you like you kind of mentioned just kind of like laughing it off is that normally like how you react to it is there like any advice or tips that you have for people that are going through that I think it's just just kind of like stand strong in your beliefs and don't let someone walk all over you I mean Mm -hmm. um we all work hard to get where we are at and I'd like to think that some people think that they're trying to help, but I think some people are also being creepy. And um, so it's just whatever, you gotta feel the vibe of it. Like if you think it's like, I would just, if you think it's not like a positive like conversation, I would just avoid the conversation and and step away because um, there have, I've had, there was one instance and I've never, really talked about this with anybody but this was from a festival a while back that I was shooting for and you know there was this security guard and um we were outside and there was I was shooting for the festival and the so I was able to get on stage so I was on stage and when I got into the pit um there was like this like like, I don't know, it was, I guess it's for the video people that there was this like stand that was in the center. And so I noticed that all the media photographers had now gone to either side, but I, I thought, oh, okay, well maybe they're just picking a side. So I just happened to get behind the, the video guy and was just like taking pictures. And this, the security guard was super rude and was like, you can't be here, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't know. And was not told that they had actually squashed like letting people in the center and they had to pick a side it's like okay cool i'll go over here so then there was a set that was over and so i was over there like i guess i was trying to get pictures of the crowd for this festival and it was towards the barricade and he literally came by and like shoved me down into the barricade and i wasn't like in the way or anything and i was like okay that's weird and so it went into nighttime and i was it was in between sets and I was, you know, in the pit and this same security guy just came by and just like walked by, like I wasn't in his way. I made sure I wasn't in his way and just still just like strong armed me into the barricade and to the point where it made me fall into the barricade. And I was like, that's not okay. Like it brought me to tears like that he had kept doing that. And so I ended up talking to this other female photographer that was also shooting that festival. And she was like, he's only doing it to the females. And I was like, 
okay, that's not okay. And so, but, but I felt like in that moment that I was, it was my first time shooting that particular festival and I didn't want to raise any flags or cause any problems. And, you know, cause I wanted to be asked back. So I never, I never said anything and, you know, I'm sure nothing ever came of it and she didn't say anything, but I wish now I had said something. And so I think it's important that if you feel like you are being like put in position where it's very uncomfortable, that you should say something. If it's not to them, then it's someone that can handle it. Um, Cause that's just not okay because you're gonna, you're gonna, you have to deal with these people, whether it's a photographer, security guards, whoever, and they don't have a right to treat you that way. So yeah. you need to stand up for yourself. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry that that happened to you. That's so frustrating and wildly rude on like every level. And a lot of like what you're saying, like definitely resonates with me. And I think that it's important for like anyone young or new starting out is like, you're never in like an inconvenience. If someone is being aggressive and like tech technically assaulting you, like it's you're not the one in the wrong if you go tell someone you're not inconveniencing the like the director or whoever you report to it's the security guard or whoever is like doing that to you and i've been in situations before where i'm like oh i don't want to make a scene i don't want to tell someone because then they're gonna have like this bad view of me and it's like no definitely go tell someone so i I totally understand like that idea of being like, oh, I'm new here. I don't want to, you know, do or say anything that's going to make myself look bad. But definitely a good thing to like have younger, newer people starting out like understand that like you're you're not the one in the wrong here. Like definitely go tell someone, stand up for yourself. Um, or find someone to stand up for you. I've talked numerous times to people that like, I will be the person in the pit that will stand up for you because I'm like, I will fight you any day. <laughs> like, yes. come find me and I will go step in. Um, it's just kind of part of my personality. And I'm like, I will, I will go stand up for you if you feel like there is something bad happening. So that's why like having a community, having people to talk to, um, is so important i think but anyway i'm just like rambling off of no this. yeah <laughs> and, you know i think maybe because like i you know i'm i mainly started in like rock photography you know you think about like all the like you know crowd servers and things like that and mm -hmm. it's like you you grow up in this like grow up you you start out in this like community that's like hardcore you don't want to be like a whiny baby but mm -hmm. at the same time like there are um, boundaries and this particular person definitely passed my boundary and I felt like I should have said something um, but looking back I probably should have and I and I hope that he doesn't treat other females that way going forward um, but yeah it was it was that was probably one of the worst experiences I've had with you know somebody in the industry treating me a certain way yeah it's it's just so frustrating that I don't know what it is about like people targeting like women in the industry and thinking that we're for whatever reason different from the guys and like kind of looping back to like what I was saying about like you speaking at CES I think that it's such a good thing to have like female music photographers talk about music photography and being like we're here we're you know like we're we're just like everyone else in the industry that's like working here so hopefully there's less of these situations kind of going on yeah i think that that's important why companies and things and brands should be representing females in the music industry as photographers because you know when i first started like 2008 you know it was like more male photographers in the pit than female. And now I see it getting increasingly better with females. Like I'll sometimes have pits only with females mm -hmm. and it's just not being represented as well in, like you were saying, in like higher up brands. Thank goodness for Nikon. Thank goodness for brands like that, that are showing that we are here and that we have a place in this industry. Because um, I think it's important for females to see 
um, and look up to other females in this industry. Yeah, for sure. And when I started, I also, well, I was also in like the rock community and most of the photographers there were all male. So like all of my um, photographers I looked up to, the ones I got my advice from, like all of my mentors were men. And like, not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but like, I really wish that at the time I like had someone to turn to when, you know, I was concerned about like someone being sexist towards me or something like that. And I think that it's super important that we've made these huge strides with having so many more women in the community. And like you said, I've been in pits too that were all women. I'm like, this is fantastic. Like, I love this. <laughs> um, but at the same time, like when I started, it definitely wasn't the same. Um, but it's really nice to see the changes throughout the years. Absolutely. Okay, so to wrap this up, I just want to end with like the best piece of advice that you've received or that you'd love to pass on to everyone that's listening. I think the best advice that I can give anybody is in this industry, there are so many talented people. Um, it's important to just stay humble. Um, you know, you can be an awesome photographer. Um, you can have all these different um you know, jobs and things that, you know, are big or whatever. But I think that, you know, relating to people and talking to people is super important mm -hmm. um, because there's always going to be someone that's, that's photographed better than you. There's always going to be someone that can edit better than you or might have better, you know, opportunities. But the relationships you build with people will get you further sometimes than your talent. Yeah, I I love that. I I think the first time that I asked this question, the answer from the person that I was talking to said like their best piece of advice was like, don't be an ass. <laughs> and like <laughs> the, the the things that we were talking about, like being humble, like being like knowing that there's other people out there that are doing the same thing that are like everyone's doing their own thing. You're doing your own thing. You're you know like just focus on you like and just be humble about it I think that there's like so much of this that's just like everyone wants the same thing and it's like okay everyone just be nice and like we'll succeed like it's it's that simple but I love that because I think that it's really important and it's kind of really easy to like get up and uh like in your own head and be like I'm an incredible photographer everyone should respect me and then I think there's also the easy way of being like I'm you know a poor photographer I don't do this well and like really getting wrapped up in both sides of it and I think that just like understanding your worth and being true and like being humble is super important yeah and you know that I was I was on I was watching um I was watching a Twitch with um, Beth. Um, I'm gonna pronounce her name wrong. I know it's Saravo. Um, she goes by Baith, B-A-E-S on Instagram. She's uh -huh. awesome. It was her and Maggie Friedman, and actually Todd O'Young was on that Twitch. And um, Beth was like, um, one thing that she's trying to do while in quarantine is just kind of like reach out to photographers and like look at their stuff and be like. And just give them a compliment. Just be like, yeah. hey, you know, that that's actually a really awesome picture. I like the way you I, I like the way you frame that or something like that. And just like do a few of those a day and just like imagine like how many, you know, like photographers that are starting out would just love to hear that, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely want to start I think I'm gonna take that advice and start being more positive and putting out there more positivity because I think that's very important. For sure. The whole world could use a little bit more positivity right now. Especially right now. <laughs> uh, I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me, Jen. Before we wrap up, can you please give a quick shout out for where everyone can find you on social media and your website? Yeah. Um, so my Instagram is at Jen D, like at D as in dog, photography. Um, my website is jendphotography.com. Twitter is jendphotograph. Um, I don't really get on Facebook much, but you can add me. Um, I get on my personal, but not like my Facebook business page. Um, but you can add me on Facebook as Jennifer Devereaux, or I might be Jen Devereaux on there. I don't know. 
Nice. Well, cool. Thank you again so much for joining me. And I'm so happy that we finally got to sit down and talk because I've been looking forward to this for literally since I started the podcast. So thank you so much. It was such an honor to have you. And I hope that I can share the pit with you someday. Yes, that would be awesome. Thank you. See you then.